Welcome back. I'm here with my good friend, Ale Metal. He is the founder and design director of Metal, an awesome design agency in Reykjavik, Iceland. He's so heavy metal that the name of his company and his nickname are the same. It's got two L's. That's how hardcore they are. Ale's uh, dialing in all the way from Iceland. Thanks for making time on your, your evening to, to be with us. How's it going, man? Yeah, I'm really good. Yeah. Uh, a little nervous being on a podcast, but <laughs> yeah, this is cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like everyone, like everyone's nervous about any social interactions these days because no one's like seen or talked to anyone in like a year and yeah. year and a quarter. It's weird watching people trying to hang out in person. <laughs> it's like they forgot how to do it. Yeah, I, I find my I find myself trying to stay as far away from people as possible. Still, even even going out and being around people. Yeah, this, yeah. this is really weird. What's uh, what's up in Iceland? Tell everyone about what's going on over there. Uh, we have a we have another volcano. I mean that's something. Oh, I think yeah. I'm saying it right in Keltingadalir. Say that say that Anthony. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> well say it one more time. Keltingadalir. Keltingadalik. Yeah, of course. I've been watching those those videos that you've been <laughs> sending to me and it just sounds sounds so cool. I think I think a lot of people would, would love to be in Iceland right now. Before we get into the show, why don't you take a minute to give yourself a, an introduction so every, everyone uh, can learn a little bit about you. So yeah, basically you got the name right, Ale and Ale Mero. And in Iceland, I guess Ale Metall with two L's. That's quite good. Uh, the reason for the name is basically I listen to a lot of metal. So it's very, <laughs> it's very like, uh, <laughs> yeah, basically tells everything about my music uh, or the music I listen to. So it comes from... Back in the day, when I was uh, playing guitar in death metal bands and jazz bands and all kinds of all kinds of bands, uh, I was I was born in Husavik, the Eurovision town from the movie on Netflix. What is it called? <laughs> <laughs> that movie is so funny. When the first time I saw the intro to that, I was like, "Oh my god, I gotta I gotta send this to Ali." <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of cool. Really funny to see that you're know, like your birthplace, like. Uh, like the main town in a Hollywood movie. It's like, yeah. And they are really milking it right now. They're like, they were like having this uh, red carpet like uh, thing just the other day. <laughs> and this, yeah, it's kind of funny. Didn't uh, mean to cut, cut you off there. Please. please uh, it's, it's okay. Yeah. So I was basically born in North of Iceland. And uh, I went to, if I, if I can, I don't know, like speed through everything. The reason for me becoming a designer was like this interest in, in music and, interest in computer games mm. and, uh, mm-hmm. and combining those somewhat. So so my first passion was like designing CD covers, like album album covers for for four bands. That's that's how I started. But the, the internet, of course, and websites and everything was mm. like a big interest as well. So I moved to Reykjavik in 1999. Yeah, I was born in 1975, actually. Uh, so I'm really old. <laughs> Anthony, we know that we're like seventy something, yeah. But really cool. <laughs> so we actually know when you, you could basically, you, if you called someone and he wasn't home, he just he just wasn't home. So yeah, <laughs> yeah they weren't there. Weren't there. So <laughs> just had to call him back. Uh, but yeah, I moved to Reykjavik in nineteen ninety nine. Started working at a small agency, and then I went to art school in two thousand and two. Graduated in two thousand and five, and then I've been like. Yeah, in the beginning years, I was basically 
I was working at these ad agencies, ended up in uh, interning after graduating, kind of funny, but I went to Carlson Wilker in New York, and that gave me like a, I don't know, a new vision, or I really knew at the time that I would someday start a, start a studio. It was like a dream of mine. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, came back home, uh, quit the ad agency world, and went more into, like I went to work <laughs> at, a, at a game company called CCP, and from there to a fintech startup, then to an airline, and then to my own studio. So here I am. Yeah. <laughs> Levels. <laughs> Leveling up Leveling every time. Up. So right now I'm level 666. <laughs> Do you have 666 clients? <clears throat> I'm aiming for it. Okay. I mean, in my in my mind, uh, mm-hmm. I'm using the secret, like really thinking about it. So tell everyone about your studio. What is it that Metal does? What are you? What is your your studio the best at? What is it that really drives the work that you uh, and your team are doing? Yeah, we design basically everything everything for screen. If you have something that needs to be interactive mm-hmm. and it's on a screen. We can design it for you, and we have passion for that. Branding as well, somewhat, and basically, if uh, if the project is interesting enough, we can basically do anything. Like, does that include motion too? Because I think that you guys do yeah, motion. Yeah, yeah. Right? we do motion, uh, especially if it's like if, if it is motion in like interactive like apps or, or websites. Mm. Uh, not so much as in like a motion for uh, cartoons or, or advertisement or. Nothing like that. Yeah. I think I answered the question. Yeah, yeah, you totally did. Yeah, <laughs> totally did. Imagine was that. It? it was like the first question, and, yeah. and I really answered it. <laughs> uh, so you've, had a, you've been around for a long time. You've been a graphic designer, UI designer, art director, creative director. You've worked at agencies, you know, the gaming places, uh, startups, and you worked at a big airline. Like, What was it that, like, you mentioned earlier that you always had a, like a, a vision of owning an agency like was there anything that like what drove you to ultimately decide you know what i think it's mm-hmm. time for me just to like leave the corporate world and the employment world and become an employer like what was it that what was the straw on the camel's back for you to make that decision uh, basically when i was working at ccp uh, that's when i really started like thinking about these things like and i really started more of thinking how could i start like a team of designers or, or it was I capable mm-hmm. of like, like leading a team, and that's that's basically, and that's the before I really went into thinking about like running my own studio. When I went to this uh, fintech startup, I started the, as the sole designer. That was right after CCP, and uh, started as a sole designer. And then we hired uh, designer number two, and then three, and thing we ended like in five or six designers, and uh, me as 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 leading the team. And uh, my mm-hmm. emphasis on that was basically there is no ego in the team. The team basically does everything together. Mm-hmm. And uh, we mainly think about the project as something that the team does, not the individual. So that's that's my main focus, and that's what I really like kept on doing. Did the same thing at the at the large airline, like basically uh, the only large airline in Iceland, but now there's another one coming in. It's an 80-year-old airline. And starting like a design team in like this, uh, what do you call mm-hmm. it, like a digital lab, that was really hard because you had so many like uh, I don't know people not understanding what you were doing there, and then mm-hmm. really trying to 
<laughs> start the design team in there, but but it was a lot of fun. So after I like to call that anchors. You just have a lot of yeah, anchors yeah, yeah, in the yeah, ground. Yeah, totally. Tony has some recent yeah. experience with with doing that at, at an older yeah. company as well. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah. Maybe you can tell us about that later on. That'd be cool. But <laughs> after. I think it's yeah. a, a, not to not to not to take away, but I think it's an it's an opportunity. But I'll pull back on that. But I think that whenever you, whenever you're up against something like that, it's always a challenge. Yeah. It was fun, and um, I mean, and it yeah. really it really drove me forward, and it I learned a lot from it. And uh, and basically, in the end of it, I basically thought, okay, now I'm just gonna do this. I'm just gonna jump forward and and start this small studio. Doing it in the same way as I've been doing the years before, like having these teams inside of companies, but now I have all the responsibility. Like, I have to take care of mm-hmm. like invoices, I have to pay salaries, and like, <laughs> and really just do all the hard stuff. <laughs> what would you tell your What would you tell yourself pre-agency that you know now? <laughs> like what advice would you give yourself? Well, that's a yeah. good question. That's a That's a really good question. I think if you have your money in order, if you if you have a buffer, if you have some money in the bank, that it's always going to be easier. Because knowing that you have like a talent or you have talented people and you have you have projects, that's one thing. But I th- I would say the money side, if that's out of the way and you don't have to worry about it, then I would th- I say that's like the uh, should be the main goal in the beginning. But it's really it can be hard, and of course you can get dry, and all the, all the money is <laughs> is like gone mm-hmm. in a few months. But I don't know. Isn't that just something that everyone that runs a company is afraid of? Somewhat. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah that's a good question. I think it yeah. depends on the individual too. Like I think it's a sense of security, right? And I think everyone di- feels differently about that. Like I don't know about you, but I feel more secure running a business without the security of a paycheck than I did like being employed. But I, I think it's, di- that's mm-hmm. different for everyone. You know, uh, y- you find it more, more, more of like a challenge. Uh, well, I can't lay myself off. You can't, like owners can't lay themselves uh, yeah. off. So yeah. if they're struggling for cash, it's, yeah. they can yeah. solve the problem. But as an employee, you could just be gone any minute. That's out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There's one thing in Iceland. I mean, uh, as an employee, you have like three months if somebody lays you off, you have three months of guarantee. So mm-hmm. uh, if if you if you're like a, hired as a as a full employee, so that's really good for for being an employee. But I agree to Anthony right now. I mean, now that we we have a lot of projects, we we have buffer in the bank. So so I would say my main concern is today is just like really thinking about getting all the projects done and doing them really well and keeping the designers motivated and, and having like a, a fun, nice studio to work at. That's what I aim for with good culture. And, and uh, yeah, that, that's something that's, that you can't really do if you're just an employee somewhere. Sorry for saying just an employee if you're an employee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You said something earlier that, I'm, that really resonates with me because it's, it's probably the single thing that I obsess the most about, which is how can we do design work together versus alone, which is amplified now with the pandemic and the fact that like our, you know, many companies aren't going to an office and I'm really, and it's, this is a challenge for anyone, but for a small, highly skilled boutique like yours, where you want to stay small, right. But you also have to have like diversity of clients. Like 
how are how are you so, like what is the challenge in making sure that people are working together on things versus versus solo while making sure that you have enough mm-hmm. clients to not like be taking too much risk and with any one client like have you found any methods that that have worked uh you know or, or challenges in that in that area that you you would like to share yeah of course having like uh, long-term projects having like uh, uh having like partnerships or basically knowing beforehand like so you can have like a roadmap or, or like you you know you have all these programs no <laughs> programs projects like rolled up and uh <laughs> Uh, and then go from there. Uh, the hard thing, though, and that's something I'm, I'm never really, uh, I'm not really sure if I can ever like, can like get over. That's basically lining these projects up so it like ends up being like 100 percent work for everyone mm. all the time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it tends always to be like maybe it's like 120 percent for everyone. <laughs> It's like you kind of kind of line up the projects, and everyone needs to like work a little bit more. And me as the owner, uh, that's basically just how I how I work. I mean, or how I basically am. I always work more than hundred mm-hmm. percent. So I don't know. You mm-hmm. just have to make it work. Uh, I'm always wondering if I'm answering the question, but yeah, I the the challenge of lining up like that, that's a big difference in like in house and agency, right? Like in house, you kind of know you kind of have an idea of what's going to be going on or even if one thing pauses you go you focus somewhere else but like an agency when you have to worry Mm -hmm. about like when the contracts start and all that it's it is really hard to to choreograph that and and also i mean i've learned a lot i mean like in the beginning like i've been doing this basically having the studio now since 2018 2018 like 100 percent before that i was always working like on side projects with like with with other jobs, with the, with the company, but uh, I would say just this uh, these long term projects. That's basically what I am for now. Like that that you can know that mm-hmm. okay, I have this project now for four weeks or eight weeks or twelve weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but having having a designer on the bench, like doing nothing, that's that's always a possibility. But it hasn't happened yet, so I must be doing something right. You know, everybody says the agency world, like, oh, we do lots of uh, 200 different projects a year or something like that. But if you change that narrative to those longer runs on a project, is that changing the perceptive of what agency work is to a degree? Yeah. Because, uh, because I'll give you my, my two cents on that. I prefer those longer runs on projects because you are able to establish some real true relationships and learn more about how you can be valuable. And that way you kind of, I feel like it's an easier way to just like solidify a meaningful relationship. So I don't know, like, like I said, the common conception of agency work is like really short spikes of work and stuff like that. But is that, is that meaningful work? Is that beneficial work? I mean, it's probably different to everybody, but you know, you, you going after those longer runs is both financially, you know, a financially good decision for you. Um, and your people, but does do, are your people like wanting the context switching? Are they wanting the variety? That is a really interesting thing. That was kind of a tangent and weird question. I, 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 I totally oh, get what you, you. Yeah, you, what, do you, what do you want to say on the thing? Let's oh, I was <laughs> I was just going to say that like Tony just said something that like I think is really powerful. I wonder how often 
people, agency owners like you and I, Ollie, assume what our people want because we're projecting our own view of the world and just assume that everyone wants what we do when that may not be true. To Tony's point, like, I imagine there's all things considered, every human being different in different specializations. Mm-hmm. A, a, yeah. a significant yeah. amount of people would like variety, and, and a significant amount of people would would be on the other side of that fence, other side of that fence, and want deep focus for long periods of time. Just, I, I thought that was just a powerful thought. I think I can answer that uh, quite easily on my end. Most of the designers that are working at my studio are designers that have like a, uh, like an ad agency like background. But you were like you were always like basically sending or finishing a project at the end of every day. Like there was all this mm. pressure. It's like three or four o'clock, and you really had to like finish something, send something. Like every single day, you were on the on the on the clock. And I have these meetings here, and when we're like talking together, and I'm like I fre- frequently ask like, do you miss that? Do you do you want that again? Do you want the like really really short term projects, or are you okay with? looking at the same logo for eight weeks, 12 weeks, longer. 12 months. <laughs> and 12 mm-hmm. months, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, basically what they send designers here, what uh, I, th- I think they look at it as a job security. I think they see it as a, uh, basically it's like a, it's product design in its core. You're thinking about the the product, the interactions, the the flow of the app or the website or all, all these things that you're thinking about, there are, I mean, you stop seeing the logo, you stop seeing the client, I think, after 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 a while. You're just working on the project. And uh, yeah, we, we but we take sometimes these, uh, I know you guys at Funsize have had these method weeks, like where you like do something totally different, like one week or how many weeks is it a year that you do those? Four. Four times, four times. Yeah, that's something that I think it's really, it's really cool. Something I really would like to look into, do something similar, just just to kind of keep the designers motivated mm-hmm. and just think about something else. But I really know for a fact that they don't want to go back to the ad agency like uh, way of working. So mm-hmm. this is an interesting segue because I thought it would be kind of cool to talk about your interpretation of the difference in the design cultures between the place you know places that you've worked at and. New York and in Iceland being an Icelander and then your exposure to the States like what's the design community like in Iceland we have there are a lot of like there are a lot of graphic designers and they have their background from ad agencies and those mm-hmm. agencies today are changing rapidly they are mm-hmm. getting into being more digital uh, of course like web banners and, and all, all that things and uh, mm-hmm some sort of Google ads and so they're still in marketing and they're still being an ad agency but they're not you're not really like in print anymore but some of the designers that I know that are working at these agencies they are like of course turning more towards being digital they weren't really like interested in that like 10 or 15 years ago when I was really really mm-hmm. into it then it wasn't really there was some wasn't something that they were interested in because they kind of felt that that it was uh wasn't like creative enough, but I think mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of uh, graphic designers today are kind of seeing the possibility or op- the opportunity in in it today. Because I mean, if you think about it, all these things that we use in our phones and all these websites, everything—it's like a, it's a really big world. And doing that with branding or with like being creative, you, you really can. So I would say there is a shift 
a shift in like in mindset with designers in Iceland today. Uh, all these older ad agencies, they are still here, but they are they are really like mm-hmm. turning towards being more digital or more interactive. They are like opening like small sections inside the agencies that are supposed to be doing basically what we are doing. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, maybe I'm just, I'm, maybe I'm on thin ice when I'm saying maybe they are too late, but I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I'm not gonna, not gonna basically assume anything, but you guys know what I mean. But uh, basically, uh, yeah, I would say a lot of graphic designers are looking towards being more on basically designing for screens than they were maybe ten or fifteen mm-hmm. years ago. That's the main shift uh, for me. When I, if I want to answer that, basically, when I went to New York, when I was working there, when I went as an intern after graduating, like going really deep into basically into a city where I was at that time I thought I would live there but I was there for a few months and after those few months I knew that I just wanted to be in Iceland <laughs> but that, that's a different story I really <laughs> thought that I worked a lot but I went there and I basically went to work at 10 and I never went home until 10 or midnight it was just crazy <laughs> and uh, so the work ethic there was just like really brutal and it was like uh so I kind of understood at the time that it was like, okay, if you have, if you want to want to be good at this, you have to just really give the time and effort and, and really work. Mm. But mm. at the same time, uh, I think they are often missing out on family time and everything. So, yeah. So it has to has to be a balance. Do you have another nice question, Anthony? Or it's something? almost like you went from <laughs> you know you went you went from you went you're in New York, small fish in a big pond, back to Iceland big fish in a little pond, right? Yeah. Um, I imagine like you're, you're in a position now where you can attract local talent to make those career transitions and be a, you know, probably a, a very sought after career option for people. Um, okay. Yeah. There, there are a few designers that are, that are basically contacting every week. That's cool. And I'm, I'm flattered. I've just, I'm just really, mm-hmm. really glad that somebody would like to work with us here. I think that's awesome. But at the same time, I'm really humble. Like, uh, like I said, like I really like the idea of the team or the people working together and not having egos. Like, I really, I, mm-hmm. if there's something that I hate in our industry, that that's the egocentricness of being a designer. It's ridiculous, basically. I know I don't know if you guys agree on that, but we can't be really egocentric. <laughs> for sure i'm kind of stepping out here on a limb here but i think that's a a sign of a good human is if you have your ego in check right and if you're able to interact with people uh, and and kind of take a step back and say hey this this, this is um, it's not just about me it's about like us then you carry that with you you as your person and and you bring that into your workplace uh so no i i completely agree with that i I'm curious to know like how you if you have interacted or had to encounter situations where there was an ego in the room and it's like with a client or something like how do you deal with that how do you how do you work with that how do you diffuse that or how do you kind of use it to your advantage it's really, it's really easy you just use a lot of humor uh, that's basically ah, yeah. basically it you throw people onto the bus that's a good and tactic, you just yeah. do it with a lot of humor <laughs> Uh, you make fun of yourself you make fun of the project you make fun of the Mm. designers so you basically there's really hard to be a huge ego if 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 everyone is laughing and having fun so 
it's really yeah. hard to be this this serious ecocentric <laughs> designer if everyone every, everyone is like up for like yeah I mean we're doing an awesome job we really want to do this really well and we 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 love this client we love this work but we can have fun right we don't have to be so it <laughs> why so serious <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> uh, yeah it's basically using hum- humor uh believing in the people you're working with and and always aim to like I don't know help them like help the team being there for Man, them. that's yeah. that's big that's a big one that you just dropped there is is help them and be willing to kind of like I said take a step back and say how can I how can I help you uh, yeah uh, because at the end of the day I think that that's what people want and need is is and, and are afraid to say is like hey I, I need help but diff, you know the different ways that people are able to articulate that make things more complicated especially for like i mean for me like uh, at my studio i have the i have the longest time of being a designer who works on uh, interactive uh, or digital products so have the most most experience but i mean sometimes i i really don't get the i mean sometimes i i don't know don't have the best solution on things or i don't i don't always have like the the correct answer and that's that's fine that's just awesome i think it's really cool when i really really don't know what the fuck i'm doing yeah i think that i think that <laughs> the statement that i don't out. know no. is extremely it, it is extremely powerful i think i don't know is a powerful statement but it has to come with a follow-up of let's find yeah, out yeah, yeah. yeah totally but i think it's uh, uh hopefully this podcast isn't getting too serious anthony we, we really have to add it we have to say some jokes as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you could tell us about your uh, golfing career. Maybe that would be a good change of pace. <laughs> I grew up on a golf course. I thought I was going to be like a professional golfer. <laughs> Didn't work out. I'm a designer. End of story. <laughs> I can't imagine you being a professional golfer, dude. I just can't. Imagine. You need you need a you need a uh, you need a golf company as a client. That would You'd be, be that would be so one. awesome. Hey. Uh, Misuno or TaylorMade, if you hear this. Contact me. I'll do awesome stuff for you. <laughs> like 300 meter drives back in the day when I was like 13, 15. Wow. No problem. I bet the golf courses in Iceland are beautiful. Yeah, they are. They are really, they are really cool. Do you play golf, Anthony? Or you guys, do you guys play golf? Uh, I don't know how to play golf. Like I've, I've been, I've tried to Perfect. go to driving Let's ranges to learn over. how to hit it. But <laughs> I remember one time, when I was younger, I was really stressed, and my friend came by and was like, "I'm going to get you out of the house, and we're going to get that. We're going to get rid of that stress." And he took me to a, a driving range, and it just made me like triple more pissed off because I couldn't hit a single ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've only been to a driving range, but I liked it, and I feel like I was it's the first time ever picking up a golf club, and I I feel like I did okay. Uh-huh. So, but no, I never, can, never. I can, I can barely a swing a golf club today. So I'm like so stiff, and I'm like raw. I just, yeah. So I think we, we three of us, we will be good. Just good to go. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> just, uh, I fully expect to go golfing with you, and you can teach me how to golf when travel is finally possible. Yeah. I would I can, love I can to teach learn you how to hold the golf club, but I can't really swing it anymore. So you can. Hold I, I'm going to want your support from behind like to help me hold it (laughs) like ghost (laughs) awesome but question for for the drive though i've heard like you lock your you lock your arms is that the secret you lock your uh you have to you have to have your your arms 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 straight 
and okay, and then yeah, the, yeah. the back swing, you have to like really think about your left arm if you if you're right-handed, like and not 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 bending okay. the left arm, Tony. That's that's the secret. And then you kind of throw <laughs> the golf club. You kind of throw it, uh-huh. and not not too much power because then you will miss it, and then you will hit on hit it on the sweet spot, and you will have like a 320 meter drive. Wow, I haven't talked okay. so much about golf in like I don't know 20 years. <laughs> this is crazy. I mean, how how many months out of the I mean, of the year is there not so much snow that you can actually golf? I'm just imagining the golf course is just covered in snow. It, it depends. I mean, you heard about global warming. That's really affecting us. Really, I mean. I remember back in the day, it was basically, there was always snow over, like somewhat in the wintertime. But now here in Reykjavik, I mean, I've heard about golfers playing, like the golf courses. Like uh, there was somebody playing in March and in February. That was unheard of, like some years back. So, but if you're in north of Iceland, I would say, uh, yeah, you could play golf maybe five months out of the year. Not, Not more than that. Then you would have like, really really rough conditions but here in Reykjavik no, we don't get that I mean like this winter uh, we hardly saw snow so it was kind of kind of weird weird winter wow but it was kind of wow. cold but cold and wet but I uh, watched one time I was on a plane and I, I don't remember where I was going but I saw that documentary I think it was on Netflix about the the group of guys that were driving around in Iceland in the van they went s- snowboarding in the Westfjord area like yeah, um yeah yeah oh i thought you were i, I thought you were going to talk about the the surfers yeah yeah when they went surfing and they're like just covered in ice yeah i mean that looked really yeah, amazing intense loved it, loved it. did it uh, under the northern lights yeah loved it. that's that's a really cool documentary yeah and by the way anthony uh we're going to hawaii hawaii, hawaii how do you say it hawaii <laughs> yeah and uh surf that's like a life goal of mine before i'm 80 I have never served, by the way, so it would be my first time. Uh, that's why, you know, like, that's why I like, pinged you the other day. I was like, the, the flights to Hawaii are real cheap right now. I mean, real okay. cheap. So yeah. might be a good so time let, to make that happen. Yeah. Let's hope these vaccines get over here and, and then I'm off. Yeah. yeah. I have a couple of questions for you I want to make sure we get to. I mean, I think, what has it been like um, with the pandemic and how has that changed the way your studio works? And then also, because you're in a unique position, right? You're you're in Iceland. You're you and you're kind of in the middle between Europe and North America, and you work with American companies. You know, you've worked in various European countries and in the Nordics. Like, I'm also really curious to get your take on like what it's like working with American companies, and then advice you would have for Americans that are trying to do business in in other countries. I would say I would say the pandemic has opened like opportunities just for everyone. For, for me as an Icelander and, and for you guys as well. Just basically, do you remember when you always had to go on meetings? Like, I'm not sure how it is for you guys in Austin, but here in Reykjavik, we were always, always going on these one-hour meetings, driving around town, mm-hmm. and then I was just trying to find mm-hmm. time for work through the day. Yep. Uh, basically, what has happened now in the, in the pandemic is that basically taking all the meetings online, and it doesn't really matter if I'm in Reykjavik or taking a meeting with you guys in Austin or like uh, working with a client in in Stockholm or just whatever uh, it has kind of opened these doors for everyone I would say imagine if you're in Reykjavik or for for somebody in the US working with somebody in Europe 
I have a feeling that just basically the borders just kind of everything went away. Like it's like it's basically like we're in the same city. The the only concern that people have today is like basically okay, how does my time overlap yours? Can you right. can you actually meet me? Mm-hmm. Like can we make this work because of time difference? That that seems seems to be the only only problem these days. Like uh, <laughs> and has opened a lot of opportunities. I would say. Sadly to say, it would need like a pandemic for it, like really sadly, yeah. but it really has opened some doors. And, and for me, being able to like work on these projects in, in, the, in the States, and uh, I mean, it's just, they, they are, it's awesome. What I can, and part of your question was like, uh, how can you guys learn from it? Uh, I don't know, just as, like I said, it doesn't really matter where you are, but basically there aren't any borders anymore. It's just... Mm-hmm. The, the, do it, can we can we meet in a time when when you're not asleep? And it's really cool for you, Anthony, when you're contacting me. Is that because I'm like a vampire, so I'm like on your time, so it's no problem. <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think I think it's almost like the second. It almost had a double, like a same effect that the internet in general had, like Dropbox and Skype had, right? Like it's made the world shrink, and to your point, like kind of made the borders disappear. I think one of the reasons why people are worried about, well, th- this time, how do we work together on the time zone thing is because people just aren't used to that. But I've met a lot of really inspiring people that just say like, well, you know, like uh, my team's in India. So, you know, I, I, and that's just an everyday thing. That's normal. I wake up in the morning and that's when I do my design work. And then I finish work by 2 PM. And then I just make myself available for meetings. Like, and that kind of stuff is totally mm-hmm. doable. If you have the like, mm-hmm if you work in a company or you have the ability to self-manage your own time, because if you can't, then you just work in all the time, you know? Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. I think that the one thing that I'll add to it is that I think that it, the circumstances that we're in and have been in for quite a while have reminded people that we yeah. are human beings uh, <laughs> and that, and that compromise, like my partner, she, she works for a, a big, uh, a, a big company and uh, she has to communicate with folks in, in like uh, different parts of the world and they've reached compromise about like hey this is what time it is here this is what time it is here let's try to find a time to, so where we can both be somewhat comfortable rather than being on on demand of yeah. somebody else's uh, schedule so I, I think that it's provided a bit more humanism at times than I had been I, used yeah. to I, I think I agree yeah I agree too I think that's I think that's super cool and again like it sucks that it took a pandemic to to do that but man i mean so, people are open yeah. to so many th- more things now than than they used to be you know so many yeah, opportunities I mean, for everyone i think you know yeah to tony like your example like the teams that are working together i i think that's inspiring i was i was actually talking to dan mall about something somewhere like kind of got to let your teams like create their own charter for how they want to work together you know because every team of people has a mix of different human beings and if you mix them around there the culture will never be the same it depends on who's in the team so it's almost like it's almost it seems to me that it's almost better to let each team decide how they want to work together yeah mm-hmm. yeah i agree i saw dan more in uh, i was at a conference in new york in 2010 i think it was called the the future of web design or something do you guys re- do you guys remember wait, wait, that or wait yes what year were you there were, yeah i was there what year he said 2010? 2010. Oh, I wasn't at that one. Uh, it was basically when they they introduced Instagram. My first oh. Instagram picture is taken uh. taken basically at that conference. 
Wow. And uh, and that's the thing what I miss. What I miss, okay, the pandemic, okay, we can we can do work through the internet, but I miss concerts and I miss conferences. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but but meeting meetings online, that's cool. We we can do that like just onward. But yeah, Copenhagen in Denmark, that's something I miss, guys. You have to be there. Like not this summer <laughs> because yeah, I don't think it's gonna be. But the next year, Copenhagen, let's go there. What I'm I'm gonna guess what type of <laughs> what type of festival it's a really this is? Really nice jazz festival. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, that, I would uh, name though. Yeah. Copenhagen. I would love to do anything right yeah. now, you know, like Yeah. Yeah, just 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 having having a drink at a bar that's some just that, that's something. Um, but we're seeing the end the, the end is near. I mean, yeah. the end is near. Wow, that sounded bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we went to, yeah. we went to a dark we went to a dark place. It's okay. Quick. We're all going to die soon anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, aside from the pandemic, like what what is it that you're the most excited about right now? Like in like the opportunities that you're that you or your company have, or 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 that you think like the the design industry has to look forward to. Uh, for me personally, for my studio here, all these international projects that are opening up the borders, like I said before, they they're not there. It's easier to kind of do the work online and taking the meetings. All these, like, I mean, I just think that's something that I see, like, ahead, like, seeing more of. And, uh, but just keep on doing, like, really good design or, like, good work, having fun, like, having humor and, and just love going to work. I think that's basically, doesn't really matter what project it is, if it's for an international client or whatever, just having fun, like, liking what you do. Amen. Uh, yeah, Hell so, yeah, always yeah, have fun. I think so. So I went from like clients, la la la, and ending up, yeah, just having fun. Maybe maybe that's just the core. <laughs> <laughs> I talk about this a lot. It's kind of a, I'm just like beating a dead horse, but I re- I really do think that people just remember what it's like working with each other. You know, the the memories of the project details fade away, right? Like we have sh- short lives on this earth, so like that's. I think it's I think it's important to and also agree it's important to to love what you're doing and and love the people that you're working with. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny the the work that we do because the time frame of it like when you design an app, uh, it changes so rapidly. It's it rapidly. It it will be like totally different. It's going to be another app in five years or two years or one year maybe. But when you design an album cover, it's always there. It's kind of funny, like. I still have these old album covers that now are like more than 10 years old and <laughs> they're never going to change. <laughs> so that's maybe, I don't know, maybe the one thing that, that, that that's hard for that like designing something that's just digital. So I want to be respectful of everyone's time. I know you have meetings to get to. Why don't you tell everyone about how they can learn about you and your, and your, and your company and, and uh, the work that you do? Like how can they, how can they connect with you? How can people connect with you? I'm not really like I'm not, don't function a lot on Twitter, but I still have like a Twitter account. Uh, you can check on, on me there. It's Ali Metal with two L's in the end. We have a website. Uh, the studio has a website, but it's basically nothing there. But you can check it out. <laughs> I never don't have really any time <laughs> to work on it. <laughs> it's Metal with two L's dot co. You can check that out. So 
I would say just Google Ali Metal with two L's in the end and you'll find something. And please contact me. I'm really, really like like talking to people about designs or golf, like earlier. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone wants his uh, personal phone number, let me know and I'll, I'll send it to you. You can text him in the middle of the night. <laughs> totally. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Ali, thanks for making time to chat. And Tony, I'll see you next time. Yeah, thank you very much. All right. Thank you, guys. This was awesome. Okay. Bye-bye. Hustle is brought to you by FunSize, a digital service and product design agency that works with inspiring teams to uncover opportunities, evolve popular products, bring new businesses to market, and prepare for the future. Learn more at FunSize.co. I'm Danielle, a product designer at Fun Size. Fun Size Ichiban! <laughs>